I'm Millie Weaver, and you're watching the Millennial Millie Show. So today we have Tori Maris with us. She is running for Secretary of State of, in Ohio, and she really has overcome some immense obstacles in getting herself on the ballot. She has a team of grassroots organizers with her, and they amassed over 5,000 signatures. At first, there was a big battle over whether or not she was going to even be allowed to be on the ballot. So you're running as an independent Tory in Ohio, correct? Tell us about what obstacles you had to overcome in order to just get on the ballot. Uh, well, uh, when I attempted first to go on the GOP uh, primary ballot, I was um, it was it was it was insane <laughs> because we had the signatures, and as they were validating the signatures, in the middle of it. The, the, the Secretary of State of Ohio sent out an email telling all of the counties to just disqualify my signatures. Now, many counties were like, uh, if we have them, our job, according to the law, is to check if the signatures are valid. But other counties just threw away all the signatures and said, well, we were told to invalidate them because he wasn't happy with the way she prevent, presented them. And I think what upset him the most is that we put a new column, which is the printed name, right? Because when people sign, it can be awkward. You know, it could have been from 10 years ago. I know I sign things differently all the time, but my team actually discovered some really important information that people don't know goes on on the county. But anyway, I took him to the Supreme Court. I said, look, he violated the law. He's not allowed to. And the Supreme Court was talking about version of facts. It was like everything was stacked against me. And they knew that at that time I had less than 30 days to collect over 5,000 valid signatures. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I'm not on the ballot, the people are, because my campaign team is literally everyday people, everyday people from ages 18 to 100, right? They're so diverse, you wouldn't even believe it if you met them. And they're so incredible and they're so on it. So when we made the attempt to get signatures, we stuck with having that extra column of the printed name, but this time we had all the voter rolls and on our own checked the, the name, the address, and if they were registered as a voter, right? And so that's how we got our signatures. In 28 days, we had more than 5,000 signatures. I think they like removed like 700 of them were tossed out. And uh, my campaign team would speak better to this, but there were some counties that had you know, tossed out some signatures and they were like, wait, why did you toss that out? That's valid. And they would come back and say, oh, there's no process to retract what we filed. And they're like, so you just discounted signatures wrongfully and you can't fix it. So a lot of them had to fix it. And that made a difference because imagine he's reporting that I only had 5,010 signatures when we ourselves checked every single one of them. It should have been more, but you know, these are these are the obstacles that we overcame to get on the ballot from the one side, which is the petitions. And what the campaign team learned that a lot of people don't know is that uh, the counties, they don't check your signature just against your signature card. Apparently, the Department of Homeland Security has set them up with software and they can see signatures from every PDF you signed on Adobe social media, bank records, government records, and they compare your signature to all of those. So it's actually software that DHS has given them. Government spying, right? More government spying that we don't need. Why do you think they are doing this, Tori? Why are they trying to stop you from getting on the ballot? Or why were they trying to? And what about the Republican Party? I know they're, they have Frank LaRose there, who's the Republican incumbent as the Secretary of State of Ohio. Do you think that they were worried about him being challenged? Well, uh, yes, that's number one. 
but uh, more so the GOP has aligned with the same values that the DNC has, and it's our candidates or no candidates. And this is a going theme that we saw, because if you remember when President Trump ran, the GOP, I remember from the state of North Dakota, you know, they didn't promote him. Even when he was the candidate, they didn't start promoting him until like end of September. So the GOP is the one that decides who we're allowed to vote for, not the people. And this is the first time in Ohio that an independent statewide candidate um, has gone up for secretary of state. Uh, and, you know, that's an achievement on its own. Uh, but I, I should mention that um, it is, uh, you know, the GOP in Ohio actually had closed door meetings with their committee uh, to select who they're going to back. And in the committee, people had actually mentioned my name. The public was disallowed to be there, but the GOP decided that they're going to rely on their incumbents, and that is it. So DeWine, uh, Yost, uh, you know, I mean, and, and LaRose, and I say Yost, uh, that's another topic. Um, they all got the endorsement of the GOP. And this is, I think, at the crux of it, right? we the people have been put into these boxes where we're supposed to pick two sides one of two sides and that a third option they see it as oh it's going to siphon off votes you're doing it on purpose but what people don't see is is that this is exactly the problem that we're only given two options and we have to take what they tell us you know i wanted to say millie when you said about struggles right I want people to understand that when I filed my petition um, for an independent, the next day there was primary voting. I unfortunately could not vote because I was on a plane heading off to another state for a lawsuit. So uh, for that reason, I didn't vote in the primary. That saved me because if I had voted in the primary, I would have been disqualified only because it would have noted that I am registered Republican running for independent and Ohio has a sore loser clause. Now, many have heard me, I am conservative, but I've always said this, I never make known my party affiliation ever. I never declare uh, party affiliation. So I believe that the Secretary of State was banking on the fact that I would vote in the primary like they did for all the other independent candidates and disqualified them. Uh, but I did it. Yes. So but that's I the didn't. trick. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick. And so I didn't. And that was God's work, not mine. Glory to him. Uh, but uh, on top of that, the Secretary of State's office actually called my campaign manager two weeks into having submitted my petitions, that's probably when they saw that I didn't vote, and told him that I must go to my county and change my status to independent. And I thought to myself, but my status isn't anything. Why would I have to go to the county and change it? See, if I would have done that, I would have been disqualified. Those are dirty tricks that are played. I mean, this is well documented because if i would have went down right. to my county and said hey i need to change my designation to independent they would have been like oh she changed it after the fact even if i wasn't designated and i made the change that would have disqualified me because they could have pursued me under the sore loser clause okay. so sometimes you have to be smarter than these establishment people because you know frank LaRose uh served uh in at state legislature and um his company, uh, the House LaRose, which is one of the biggest alcohol distributors, created something called Jobs Ohio. Yeah, Jobs Ohio is uh, was created by the House LaRose, by an alcohol distributor. And that pretty much got him the seat as Secretary of State after that. And so uh it, it was it was it was pretty bizarre and it was um very hostile. Uh, but when you're grassroots and you're doing something 
to better something, nothing can stop them. And this is where they failed. And I owe that all to God and my team because they're the ones that got on the ballot. I'm simply the so, person in the front. So Tori, what is your mission in running for Secretary of State of Ohio? What do you plan to do if you are elected? Okay, well, first of all, just being elected would indicate the shift in our uh, nation in general and the way the way we think of uh, being put into these boxes of left or right. But as Secretary of State, I'm going to bring in common sense. And I'll say it like this. Efficiency. Efficiency is necessary when we're doing high volume transactions and time is of essence, right? This is why we become efficient. We do things to promote efficiency uh, when time is of essence. Now, elections don't fall under the category of necessity of efficiency because they're only done once a year and every four years for presidential and every two years for Congress. So we cannot have any electronics counting ballots taking votes or anything and the reason i say this is because no matter what happens anything is hackable and reprogrammable and we are spending millions of dollars to simply secure the internet so they can operate and secure the systems themselves which is highly unnecessary you know, back in the days, they used to have um, mechanical levers. We're not talking hanging chats. We're talking magnetic tape. And what people used to do is they used to line up, they'd pick who they want manually with the buttons, and then they'd pull the lever. The lever would then imprint their vote on a magnetic tape. And as that tape would go through all the machines, it would tally up the votes, which means even if you had a million people go through the precinct, which is highly improbable because the census, you know, picks the schools based on population. This is why we have the census, right? Uh, it wouldn't be a million people. But the thing is, the minute you'd close the door, within minutes, you would have the results. And there's full transparency. There's uh, chain of custody. And nobody can hack that. It's mechanical. It's like having a, a Ford from the 80s and an EMP goes off. That Ford will drive, but the electronic ones won't. Your car can get hacked through certain programs. Cars from the 80s and 90s don't because they're mechanical. So, uh, you know, it, common sense says, since I don't need to rush because I don't miss anything for my elections and, I, and I'm not targeting efficiency, efficiency in regards to time, my point is, if we want to be correct, maybe we need to keep it old school and keep it auditable chain of custody and no electronics because then that saves us from oh we're watching if the russians or the chinese hack or you know this and that that is the big issue here tori that, what motivated you to run for office well um you know bolton came out a couple days ago and Hear me out when I say this. Bolton came out a couple of days ago and admitted on global television that President Trump is not that smart to coordinate a coup d'etat because he has executed multiple coup d'etats overseas. Therefore, he knows that. Now, what I used to do as employment was facilitate these coup d'etats, but my job was to help rig their elections. And these machines were created for that. And like Bolton said, the only reason we did these coup d'etats is because we needed the right leaders to protect ourselves and our allies. That is so are you saying are you saying that you are running for Secretary of State of Ohio in order to address election integrity concerns that many Americans are having right now across the country? Yes, that's okay. one. And the other one is to inspire other people to run too. People see this as a, a non-achievable, you know, thing to do and that nobody can do it. It's, it's pretty much, if you read any of the documents and the laws, they have you running around in circles. People don't know what they need to do. They think they need to hire the best campaign manager or the best lawyer, or the best PR firm, and that they have to have millions of dollars. They don't. 
they just need people. And if people want them elected, they will be elected. And that is the, 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 the grand idea here. Hey, guys, look at me. Everyone trashes me. Everyone this. You know, all the chips were stacked against me. But look, all of these average people made it happen. And I don't have corporate interests. No one is funding me. I don't have big corporations. I just have the people. And that is how elections should be conducted. We shouldn't have any party telling us who we need to vote for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your campaign, the Tory Maris campaign folks are amazing people. I've met them and I saw them out there at some Trump rallies and different, you know, at stores and other places collecting signatures. And um, they're they're nice people. They work they work really hard, and they've all come together to try to help push your campaign for Secretary of State of Ohio. And one of the things I think is amazing is, from what I know, your campaign really you didn't have big funding, you didn't have big support from big corporations or from other big political people, and you're just out there doing it. And that's what we're seeing across the, the nation right now. We're seeing an uptick in a movement of grassroots organizers and just American people deciding they're going to stand up and they're going to take back their government from these career politicians. And, you know, you're not a career politician, but you you have integrity and you want to push for uh, election integrity. And what are some of the other policies, Tori, that you feel are very important that you want to support or try to help facilitate in any way? Well, yeah, so there's a lot of things. Uh, one thing that I want to do is um, establish satellite offices across Ohio uh, for the Secretary of State. Uh, so in big cities, so people don't have to come down to Columbus. So there would be satellite offices in Toledo, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, um, per se. There could be other cities that need it. And in there, I also want to implement uh, free assistance to new business and or contractors. Uh, one thing uh, that the Secretary of State does is register businesses, audit businesses, and ensure everything's in order. Uh, one thing I know as a person that started her own small business, right, uh, it was actually quite difficult to maneuver and you've got to get someone that knows this to do it when it's actually quite a simple process but nobody can give you advice. Well, I want to make it so that we can actually give them advice for their initial filing and actually walk them through because sometimes we just have stupid moments, right? Where we don't seem to get it. And it's this aha moment because we think it's so complex. So that's something that I want to do is promote um, small businesses by assisting people to either, you know, file their 1099s correctly, create their LLCs correctly, guide them to people and actually give them a checklist that's a uh, walkthrough. Uh, but in that sense, while speaking of business, uh, the other thing I need to do is implement uh, a policy within the state of Ohio that anyone in any elected office that has businesses must be up to date with their filings and must uh, and we must be identifying companies that are filed that are not actually companies, but they're shell companies. Uh, we have a lot of those on the database. A good thorough audit hasn't happened. That's something else that I'd like to do. Um, in addition, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have because Secretary of States apparently have international meetings with foreign leaders about things. And I'm just wondering, why would the Secretary of State of Iowa, Ohio and Missouri and Florida have to go overseas and have a Secretary of State summit with the U.N.? It doesn't make sense. That so, is very weird. And it's non-transparent either. So, uh what else? Uh, making Election Day a holiday, uh, educating, uh, providing educational courses in regards to elections, walking people through and making things more transparent for people. I mean, there's so, oh, there's so many things. Uh, free identification. And uh, that's another thing. We're we must have identification for everything we do, uh, from banks to schools, right? And one thing that some now, people- what do you think about making sure that all the election rules are followed? Because we saw in the 2020 presidential election that many of the rules were just kind of tossed aside in the name of COVID-19. We saw these illegal drop boxes being placed throughout many cities across the nation. Um, do you have any plans to make sure that those laws and rules are being followed so that we don't have uh, the appearance of impropriety in upcoming elections? 
Well, considering that the Secretary of State is in charge of elections, we won't have any issues like that anymore if I'm Secretary of State. Because uh, one thing, I, I, as I said, the people put me there. It's not the other way around. And what they want is transparency. And they want to have control to be able to see uh, and have an auditable process. Now, as far as the drop boxes, you'll be surprised to know that in 2020, in the state of Ohio, they had actually put a paragraph in a tax bill that said that no one was allowed to go in person and vote um, during the shutdown in March of 2020, where we had our primaries. Uh, they said no one was allowed to go in person and vote for the primary, and that's the rules. And I was thinking, that is so unconstitutional. Like, it, it, they took away the right to vote, and in, in that way, they hid it in a tax bill, right? And then they implemented it. And then they have all these gerrymandering and these redistricting of that don't make sense. I mean, all of that is something that I will cover. It has to be fair. It has to be by count. We have to have appropriate representation and there will be no unconstitutional things that can happen. For example, employers not upholding the Ohio state constitution and forcing people to participate in certain medical programs that's against our, our state constitution and any business within our state that would be conducting anything that violates the Ohio Constitution will not be doing business in the state of Ohio. Oh, very interesting. So there's a mm -hmm. lot of power and pull there. Um, yes. If these businesses are violating the constitutional rights of Correct. Ohioans, that then you could pull their business license. That is very interesting because we know that there's uh, the potential, I know Ohio legislators have been talking about a bill that would protect people's right to not be discriminated against based on their vaccine status, uh, whether, you know, we see in the future, if there's ever another pandemic, right? People right. have been like this past COVID-19 pandemic, when they had the lockdowns and the mask mandates, people were being turned away from businesses and told they cannot enter a public business based on their vaccine status or based on whether or not they're being forced to wear a mask. And, you know, I don't know why they're passing a bill, because in the state of Ohio, our constitution, the Ohio state constitution actually has a clause that says no federal state rule or, or local rule or law can compel any Ohioan to participate in any medical device, medical program, medical procedure or anything. So I don't know why they're passing a bill when it's already embedded in our constitution. And, uh, you know, that is an argument that I made and it's still pending in the federal court where I sued the governor of Ohio and my daughter's school board uh, because you don't suspend the constitution because someone tells you there's a pandemic and the fact that they kept reminding us it's a pandemic, you know, if it's a pandemic, people are just going to be dropping like flies. You don't have to be. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I think it just illustrates how many people are very illiterate when it comes to their constitutional rights in America and businesses, companies, they've been violating Americans constitutional rights already with many of the COVID lockdowns and turning people away based on their vaccine status or or firing them from companies based on their vaccination status. So I think that uh, it really just illustrates how dire the country is right now and in need of formal education on their constitutional rights. And and, it, and it's all about people not reading. I mean, we've been trained with like things like TikTok and social media. Twitter has trained the public very well. And that was a DARPA experiment to have us only communicate with 140 characters. So the attention span is small. And then you see with articles, people don't really read the articles. They look at the title, the picture, and then they share it without even reading the content. You know, people don't read anymore. So why would we assume that they're reading the Constitution when, you know, they're now being trained on TikTok to have a second seven second attention span and and that is a problem because we don't have proper education and people um you know like to believe that everyone is doing it for their benefit you know they don't question the government they don't question the media they don't ask questions anymore and when you stop asking questions well then you stop learning and therefore what's the point so <laughs> tori what are your stances on education and the current state of system is there anything that you could do as a uh, secretary of state of ohio to protect the school children from indoctrination like political indoctrination or um you know 
prevent uh, mask mandates, for example, again, from being imposed on school children? Well, so I'm, I'm actually glad you asked that. And I, I didn't know you were going to ask me that. But most of the schools in Ohio actually create corporations or companies, and they call their superintendents CEOs because other NGOs actually take over the governance. It's, it's a weird scheme that I'm still trying to figure out. I've been at it for a couple months trying to figure it out. So that would fall under my purview too. And we have to see these agreements that they make with these, you know, NGOs and other, you know, weird nonprofits promising students free education if they go to that school district, but there's a lot of stipulations. So uh, that is something that would fall under my purview. And as Secretary of State, wherever my jurisdiction lies, I will make sure the Ohio and U.S. Constitution are upheld. Uh, there will be full transparency. One thing, you know, I never wanted to run for an office office because I don't do politics. And when I say this is, you know, people say maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this because it's a sensitive topic. I'm, I'm sure you've been told that before too, at some point. Uh, maybe we have to kind of like mm, walk the fine line. And the thing is, when it comes to positions like this, where you have the full authority to take away or give someone the right to exercise their first amendment, or to take away or give someone the right to have a business, or to take away or give someone the right for many things, well, you should be 100% transparent. And it's and, and, and now we see them cloaking things under national security and issues when, you know, there's a remedy for all of that. Um, and to include transparency in conversations. And I think, you know, the state of Ohio, the way it is now, the people are tired of these corporate interests. You know, um, the people that I'm running against, like LaRose raised $2 million. Um, the DNC candidate Chelsea she hasn't she's probably in a basement somewhere no one's seen her but she has 140,000 straight from the DNC I raised just under 25,000 and that was used for events for um you know uh signs uh, billboards uh, and little things printouts water bottles uh to go to St. Patrick's parade and that's about it it's word of mouth and the people and it's what they want I mean if the people are happy with not knowing what's going on and just accepting things and putting their head down, then they'll choose one of the two options. But who says that there's only two doors to pick from? No one, but the establishment. Right. Exactly. Now, Tori, where can people find out more about your campaign if they choose to support you or figure out if they want to volunteer for your campaign? Where can they find that information? Um, it's uh, marisforohio.com. Uh, the website, the full website should be going up soon. Uh, and um, that's where they can find most of the news. I mean, we were on YouTube, but uh, YouTube actually censored the, the campaign channel. Uh, there is a campaign page on Facebook, uh, Maris for Ohio. And um, guess what? truth and telegram <laughs> where people can find me through my podcasts and find out i mean i can't really use my my podcast to thump my campaign uh yet some of the conversations surround that uh because it's just not nice etiquette you know right well i think it's wonderful what you're doing tori um i wish you all of the best i i think that your campaign it could definitely be very disruptive to uh the current corrupt powers that be inside the swamp and i think that if you are successful in your campaign it's going to send a loud message to the rhinos and the establishment democrats that you know there is a third option and you can't try to hold people and bar people from getting in the political arena because the american people are prepared to take their government back by becoming politically active I agree 100% because the thing is they we can probably get some independence and in state legislature house which is more micro 
targeted and controlled. But for statewide positions, it is very difficult. They will throw every roadblock roadblock in front of you. My team had to jump through hoops and constant phone calls to be on top of them, to call them out when they were doing things because they tried every trick in the book. I mean, they even tried to get me to sabotage myself. The actual Secretary of State's office called my campaign manager for me to go do something that would have sabotaged me. This is this is not a game. And I don't know why people think it's, you know, hilarious. There's a lot of people around the nation that were trying to run under the Republican ticket and were knocked off because they paid people to get signatures, because that's usually how it's done. And they pay some fancy campaign person. I didn't pay anyone. And they they did it out of their own free will because you know what? They want to save their state. They want to have control of their, their voice. They want to make sure that tomorrow their kids and their grandkids have a place that is governed by the people. And that's what matters. And we need to get back to that notion that our forefathers had, that we serve the people and it's by the people for the people. And I guess in, in that essence, you know, LaRose had to eat a little bit of crow sending me that letter. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for joining us, Tori, and I hope to have you back on again soon. I appreciate you. God bless. I mean, okay. it all happened because of him. All right. Thank you. Okay. So we're not going to actually end the live, guys. All right. That was a <laughs> the first half hour was pre-recorded for a Lindell TV. So um, that same interview is going to be up on Lindell TV tomorrow. But now we're going to kind of break off into a little bit more of like a loose hangout interview. Um, yep. so we so also look at the chat and see if there's any questions you guys have as well. Let's see. Let me see. Everyone's all great job, Tori. Yeah, thank you guys. Let's see. Any any questions you guys have for Tori about her run for Secretary of State, what you'd like to see her do? anything like that we yeah, just Millie, got that was people. a that was a wild question on the education like damn you're like on the same wavelength because i totally forgot about that i like have it down for my web page but that was awesome like okay uh, wow well i just think of these things on the fly <laughs> yeah no i'm like <laughs> we could we we could have been like the the like the real politicians where we're like what question are you gonna ask me you know right. but we didn't and it man god is so awesome yeah well yeah i mean because i obviously you know tori i've got school age my uh, school age child you have a school age child yeah. and um it's concerning to me the mask mandates and there's talk of you know if, if there's going to be a second pandemic or more lockdowns with these new covid variants so i just want to know whether or not kids are going to be being forced to have the vaccine mandates but not only the vaccine mandates i'm really concerned about critical race theory i'm really concerned about the lgbtq indoctrination um i'm i'm concerned about kids being indoctrinated with climate change and communist ideologies. Um, those are all serious concerns that I have and many parents in Ohio that I've spoken to have concerns about these issues. So I know that Secretary of State, it's, it's kind of very, there's very specific things that you can do and, and there's tools that you can utilize, but I'm not sure exactly how you might um, take on those issues. I wanted to say the LGBT stuff, right? And all that stuff that you were saying with the critical race theory, that's why they created these companies. Because right. through those companies that they're allowed to bring in such products to put up to our kids. That's why I said, as Secretary of State, I can tackle the NGO portion because my daughter's school, for example, got a lot of money from the UN and Soros, her school district. Could you believe that, Millie? Like out of all the schools that I picked, because I could have picked whichever one, right? I go and I rent an apartment in a school district that's the best in, in Cleveland, and it happens to be funded by the Cleveland Clinic, Bill Gates, George Soros, Google. Like, come on. Right. The love of the joy. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised if that's the case, because I don't know if that's the same school, but I remember uh, your daughter telling me about her experiences in some of the zoom or not i don't know if it was zoom but oh, some of yeah, the no, live classes cleveland. yeah that was in cleveland the okay. downtown school 
I'm like, she had to leave because of the stuff that um, Caitlin Bennett put online about her. So I had to move her school. Right, she was being bullied and harassed. Uh, it's really sad. And you know, the other thing is that it's probably for the best, honestly, that she left that school though, because the stuff yeah. she was telling me about how the school teachers and the other classmates would all break out into these like, you know, very liberal sessions talking about Black Lives Matter and um, even mentioning a, and one of them like the, the Sunrise Exposed groups. I yes, mean, she had that in yeah. her in her school, and they also wanted her to read this book named Stomp, and and then answer the question as to how guilty she feels because she's not because she's white and how she's privileged, and she was thinking. I could tell you my story and I could tell you that I'm definitely not privileged. <laughs> so she, stick to her she's stomach. like, um, I'm actually Greek. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, and Greeks are considered minority, <laughs> just saying. Right. I don't know. I mean, so it's just the whole thing, all this critical race theory baloney, it's to divide people, it's to turn people against each other based on color, race, whatever. And you're really and oftentimes they're really just judging people based on a phenotype. Right. Like, because I mean, I've literally I, you've seen the stories out there where there's like the the woman who gives birth to twins and they're biracial and one looks passing as white and one looks like a person of color and they, they have the same genetics. Right. But yet you're they're going to treat them differently according to the liberal ideologies based on their phenotypes. And it's just we don't need this in our in our schools in America. We need children to be uh, judged based on their character, on their merit, what they do in the world, not what their racial background is, what their skin color is, uh, you know, giving people different, uh, like hierarchy status based on their victimhood. I mean, this is, it's not. I know. And, and the thing is, the victimhood comes from this innate, you know, for people that are in poverty, innate demand that the world owes them something, you know, and and and, and I see it any time that we fall into some kind of mess in our life. We're like, oh, the world owes me something. Right. Could you imagine being young and in poverty and being taught that the world owes you or take it? And this is a problem that the school is perpetuating to these young minds. And, and that is that is a severe issue. But you know, when they come for your kids, they're going to go for the homeschool ones first. They're coming for the homesteaders first, the Amish, as you saw recently, and um, the homeschoolers. Uh, it's it's indoctrination and it's, it's bad. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I remember they used to tell us we could do anything we want. We didn't see color. I, I was raised in New York City, right? I saw no color. I saw no right. color. I didn't care. I mean, I didn't grow up with any of that. And we thought we could do anything we want. I mean, I used to hang out at the projects too. You know, nobody, mm -hmm. it just meant that your parents didn't make enough. It wasn't like a thing, right? And now kids are segregated, uh, color, statu status, you know, money. Or gender food. identity, right? Yeah, or identity. And, and apparently, you know, if you're LGBTQ, you're off limits. You're like a secure class in school right and this is not what we want for our children we send our school to our children who are school age to school to learn reading writing math you know those things so it'd be nice if the schools actually taught the children you know how to uh how to mail a letter or how to do taxes or how to um do some of the things that you actually have to do on most cases, like how about how to fill out a, a, a business, a form to become a business owner, right? How to, well, how to that, create an LLC something or that how I'm to do. Yeah. But that's something that I'm going to do as secretary of state, right? Um, I'm going to create these satellite offices with individuals that are lawyers that are going to be paid with tax dollars to advise people like, Hey, your paperwork, you need to have this. You should have this many. What are you looking to do? Do you want an S corp? These are the benefits of this. Someone to explain it to them for free because we're supposed to be encouraging people to be entrepreneurs or, you know, and, and, and that's something that we don't have. And people right. find it very difficult because they want it over the phone because they can't be bothered to work. Um, someone put a question up there saying, what's the first, thing I'll do when I get into office. Infrastructure, cyber infrastructure. I already have a plan. 
So that would be the first on the first day going in there, there will be an overhaul on cyber infrastructure. There will be no federal agencies in our infrastructure <laughs> and it will be tidied up. You know, Tori, it just back on the, the school subject, right? It just, it's, it blows my mind that you have all these kids in school in the public school system. They don't teach them basic things like, like who is actually taught in school how to go get your driver's license or how to go, uh, you know, make sure you have your insurance and your titles and or, or anything about titles or anything about like they don't teach you anything, anything in school about what happens when you receive a, a letter to appear in court or what happens when this or what are your rights or how to mail things, how to do, like, they don't, I mean, sure, they'll, they'll kind of give very minimal, but they don't really go into depth. And, and I guess it would be more around civics. Like they don't spend enough time and focus helping kids to fully understand how the government works, what's required of them as a citizen in order to function. Like right. how many of these kids have to figure out for themselves uh, I guess I just have to figure out on my own. I'm thrown to the wolves of how to start a business. But then you have the kids out there that, you know, their parents know and they kind of generationally teach each other and pass these things on. Whereas I think it would be key uh, to, you know, really try to get the schools to focus on teaching kids these things so they can have an upper hand and they can actually function as citizens, not just, oh, you're 18 years old, figure it all out, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I agree. But we used to have that. See, the Gen Xers used to have that. We used to have shop. We used to have, um, uh, what else? We used to have home economics. I remember I learned how to do a backstitch in school, right? Um, simple things, actual life skills, how to make an omelet in a microwave. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. I thought it would have been rubber. Um, so they used to, but uh, right, they had cooking classes. Like I had cooking yes. classes in school, but I'm not talking about cooking classes. I'm talking about, so we're talking about accounting. Classes, they used to do that in high paperwork. school. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to all the classes in high school. I know that there were life classes. There were typing classes. There were economics classes to teach you how to balance a checkbook. Mm -hmm. I, there were those classes. I just never took them. Uh, the thing is that this is the reason they're doing that. I mean, now they're teaching people how to do math without doing math, right? Uh, they're unlearned. They're, they're, trying to unlearn things to our children right. and then common, com, and, uh, what and is it called? Common core math, common core. And then they mm -hmm. have them on calculators. Phoebe in the sixth grade was using a calculator. I was like, you're not allowed to use that. You got to use your noodle. Like, right. why do we have our kids on calculators up until a certain age? My kids here wasn't allowed to use a calculator. I was like, that's lazy. You could do that math in your head. You know, no, no, no. And then when she got into functions and stuff like that, I was like, you could still do that in your head. You should only use it to calculate the numbers, like dividing, multiplying. Don't plug in the whole thing and solve it. Because then this isn't working and you're relying on the calculator. And they're teaching kids to be dependent on technology to learn. And that's a problem because then they're not using their minds. Exactly. That's a big problem. That is a big yeah. problem. That is yeah. a really big problem. So, I mean, I guess as a, if you were to become secretary of state, I don't know how you could do that or if you could just kind of try to get an organization to, to get that curriculum in schools. But I feel like there's things, you know, pertaining to uh, like legal instruments and and whatnot. And the kids just need to be educated on how all this stuff works. Um, they really do. They need to be educated so they can know. Uh, it, it's a scary day and age. I mean, we're so used to email and these young generations are so used to email. Who knows if any of them even know how to mail a letter? I mean, know? they don't even know cursive. They can't read right. cursive. Right. Like, I, have you ever seen like the YouTube video where you see like a young teenage girl and she's at the gas <laughs> pump and she cannot figure out how to pump the gas or where it goes or any of that? Um, so these are things young people have to be walked through. You definitely. just reminded me of something. So I was at Beachwood at the mall, right? And mm -hmm. I went, I love Zabaro mushrooms, right? That's the one thing. I don't know how they can those mushrooms, but I love them. So I went to go get a pizza slice with a ton of mushrooms so I could just eat the mushrooms. And when I was checking out, 
there was a girl in front of me, maybe 16. And the machine didn't work for tap pay or pin, right? It didn't work. He was like, yeah, that doesn't work. And she's like, he was like, just swipe. She's like, what? What do you mean? He's like, you swipe your card. And she was like, um, how do you do that? Don't you take tap pay? Can I use my Apple pay? And so the man behind the counter just kind of cocked his head. And I was like, damn, your parents suck. Let me show you. See, there you go. That's what we used to do when we got credit cards. She didn't know that the magnetic strip was for that. And she was like, oh, I didn't know. I thought it was like, you know, like when the police pull you over and they swipe it to check your age. And I was just like, the girl didn't know that you can use a card without a chip or tap because it was foreign to her. Exactly. On the simplest thing. And when the guy said, just swipe the card, the swiper works. She looked at him like, and that's like a stupid thing. Like that's complete basics. Like, and, and I, I, I don't think know. that that's, I think that the, I think that people across the board in America as citizens, generations ago, like the, the basic things as far as like, what you need to do as a citizen to survive and to operate as a functional citizen in, in this in the in your state in a paperwork sense okay think of all the paperwork we do right all of that where where do you go to get this or where do you go to get that which which department or which this like that stuff is very important and i think that there probably was a point in time when everyone just knew it and it was just common knowledge but then it became lost, just like the younger generations not knowing to swipe the card because of the little chip or the Apple right. tap pay, right. or like you can hold, you can hand old tech, little tech devices or um, Walkmen or things like that to young kids, and they're like, "What is this?" You know, they don't know what it, have no clue what it is. Um, so these things have to be <laughs> educated, you know. It, well, you know what I was thinking, as Secretary of State, um, when we were talking about, about businesses, uh, you know, abiding by the Ohio State Constitution and the U.S. Constitution, I, if, I, if God allows me to be Secretary of State, Ohio will be setting the bar high. If you right. want to do business in Ohio, you have to abide by something. Like not even debt collectors or Equifax or Experian or TransUnion or any of those businesses are going to be allowed to operate if they don't uphold all the laws of our state first, right? right. And obviously federal laws. And that is going to be how we're going to fix things. Because the problem that I see is that we have laws, but nobody's enforcing them. They're, they're just, they're just there for decoration. It, it makes zero sense. Uh, someone said something about medical billing. That's down to the uh, companies that run medical facilities here. Uh, but you know, the fun part is the auditing of businesses owned by elected officials. If you're in an elected position, your business better be in check. Like we have people like Wexner doing business in our state or DeWine having businesses in Haiti with Clinton. Those are things that should be looked at. So um, that is that is something that a lot of Secretary of States have let fall to the wayside, which is uh, ensuring that the businesses are in check. And, and that's done on purpose because this is how we have foreign corporations, NGOs, and companies doing as they please. So that is a, that is a big deal. Definitely. I'm looking at the comments here. I know. Define dollar, Federal Reserve debt note. Okay. Um, Let's see. Cyber infrastructure. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the cyber infrastructure that I'm referring to that will happen day one is for the state GOV um, net that is governed by the Secretary of State. The first thing I'll do is kick out the Department of Homeland Security because they run the ship. And I should be running the ship, per se, right? I'm the Secretary of State. I should be running the ship, not DHS. So this is where the power comes back to the state of Ohio. This is 
more than likely why they don't want me in there because it will be fully transparent and complete overhaul of the way the systems are being done. DHS is everywhere. Everything is national security these days. And, and this is how states have lost their rights. I mean, if, if someone was to ask me, how do you define elections today? I'll say they're federalized and prove me wrong. Right. Definitely. Um, it, it, you know, it just reminded me of uh, Kentucky, the Kentucky uh, election with uh, Governor. Well, now I guess there's Governor Andy Bashir, but you had um, Bevin. Blev Bevin. Yeah. Yeah. And he all that information that we, you know, we had and we we're trying to expose and the stuff from Heart InterCivic. I was reading uh, the the raw story hit piece about that. Did you ever see that, Tori? Uh, no, I didn't. They write okay. so many hit pieces about me. I'm like, I know. So tired. I mean, it's like, what else did I do? <gasps> you know, they I just did sit that. there and I'm like, what else did I do? They you did know, that they hit piece. Tell me they did that hit piece on me and you, and they were talking about how I was covering it and reporting it and whatnot, and how I talked about how it was while we were on the phone. It's the whistleblower, this person you know, sent the, the documents to me. Um, That's what happened. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was reading through the comment that they had from the actual owner of uh, Heart Inner Civic. Uh-huh. Like, they actually got a reply and stuff. And that was all very interesting. Was it and Tad Romney? They, they confirmed that, yes, there was either a former employee or they wouldn't, they wouldn't pin down exactly who, but someone did break into that voting machine uh, building and take a bunch of documents, right? But then they say that what we were saying about the documents, what we were saying wasn't true. Like they're saying, oh, but the documents, saying we read them. But here's the funny thing. How does, how did the journalists at Ross Story know? Because I never released the documents publicly. So how do they know? Right. They so how would lie. they know? Right. Like they, they just make things up. I'm like, how would you know? Like I never released them publicly. So how would you know? Right. And you know what like, the stupider part is? Statement? Right. But the stupider part is, is that Heart Inner Civic, the company that was running Heart Inner Civic election machines also ran the county machines. Remember? So not right. only were they running the election machines, they the were running the, computer the county's right. machines. Yeah. So it was one person in charge of the county and the election machine. It was like, this was such a setup. Like you could just, just that. And you're just like, what? I mean, they talk so much because yeah, we didn't release those documents. You gave Well, them I think that that would be something that maybe you could look into is who's running the computer systems at, uh, on various county levels and, and at the state level DHS in Ohio. DHS. Okay, so DHS has taken that all over, but but when? Because it, the the Kentucky election was in two thousand. That was two thousand eighteen. Were they doing that then too? So in twenty sixteen, um, DHS offered offered help in August to many states to monitor their elections. Okay, hear me mm -hmm. out. Georgia said no, because it's unconstitutional. Kemp said no. That's me giving you rights to our elections. Pay attention to his words. Obviously, then his daughter's fiance exploded in the car, like Michael Hastings and others, you know, it's usual suspects. Anyway, and then he stopped. He did write a strong letter to the IG saying he's very concerned about elections being federalized. On January 6th, 2017 after a meeting that was had the infamous meeting of january 5th and 6th right uh jay johnson who was the um head who was the secretary of the like the head of dhs um he was in a bunker because he was obama's designated survivor and he announced that siza is being created because elections are now dhs's authority in 2017 before President Trump got in on January 6th, he made that declaration. Fast forward to March 2017, while we had all this debacle that was going on in our nation, Russia this, Russia that, they're not telling Trump anything, you know, they're not giving handovers, we've got Comey, we've got Mueller's. In that whole mess, 
the EAC was like, yeah, so since elections are happening at schools, it's considered critical infrastructure. So we're just going to give it to DHS. And so since then, incrementally, DHS has implemented themselves in every facet of our election from petition to ballot box. They are in your machines. They are in your counties. They are in the wires. They are observing. They're holding, you know, sessions to train people. It's Homeland Security. So right now, your elections are not being run by your state. They're just, you know, decorations like plants around an office. Oh, look, that looks pretty. Yeah. They don't do anything. It's DHS doing everything. But no one has officially said they're doing everything. Yet, if you actually look at the details, they're, they're literally doing everything. But then uh, the, the governor's race in Kentucky, um, Heart Inner Civic, and that conflict of also running the machines, but also the county's computer mm -hmm. systems, at that point in time, that's that's pre what you're saying. It's pre no, size, but, but no, DHS was already there. So DHS was already there, but uh -huh. I'm talking about if there's a company running the machines, Heart Inner Civic, and then mm -hmm. there's the county that also uh -huh. has computer systems that are, uh -huh. you know, controlled essentially by the same company. And you're saying that DHS is also just monitoring that whole thing, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is in Ohio, yeah. right? What uh -huh. voting machines are used here? And is there any co conflict that you know of where you see the same situation where you had this, you know, this company that's running the, the computers for the counties and also for the machines? Right. So um, we're using Dominion and ESNS machines and, and some counties are using CIDL and now people are deployed using some new e-poll books. That's a new one that DHS did. So now your poll books are electronic too, more data for them to mine and more profiling for you. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so now they have electronic poll books. They don't pull DMV. You're on an electronic poll book. Another company is running that out of Missouri for most people. Uh, and um, uh what we have is these two companies are the ones running most of our elections, but DHS trains all the counties and has access to everything. Now, I don't want to say too much, Millie, because I'm actually putting this in my lawsuit, but what's going to startle people to see, and it's going to be shocking because, you know, what I'm saying about DHS, people are finding it really hard to swallow because it's quasi official. It's not an official letter. They're like, we're just helping helping in all aspects right but they're in charge right they hold the meetings with all the voting companies right and then they chime into the secretary of states and the secretary of state says how high do you want me to jump okay and then they give them the keys to access them right i'm telling people that the, 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 the federal government is running your elections and these are unelected people that have been in there for a very long time and they pick who's everything judge Senator, they decide, not you. Now, having said that, private companies are also in the mix. And so what's startling is, I mean, would you trust, I don't know, would you trust Facebook with your social security number? No. No would way. Google? We not when we know that they sell data to third party companies. Like that's how they make their money. So no what way. if I told you, like, for example, that DHS approved that Twitter be security for your elections? What would you say? I'd say that's insane. <laughs> when that's we're literally offline, insane. I haven't told you this, but when we're offline, I'm going to tell you about a media company and you're going to be like, get out of here. And when my listeners who heard me talk about this a couple weeks ago and they were like, why is she doing this weird segment? It was on purpose, right? <clears throat> you're going to be like, you know what, actually, Millie, just because I want to see your reaction, I want people to see it too. Are I'm you saying, wait, 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 you're not saying that they would have elections on Twitter. No, I'm saying that they would be in charge of uh, protection. So they fund it. How's that? Is that better? I just texted you. Like basically how, in a way, like how Mark Zuckerberg funded election efforts. Yeah, is that like, is that like a very kind of, they, they do the little, you know, the legal tricks and they have the little NGOs to funnel the money in, in that sense or like a direct sense? Uh, that sense and direct. I want you to just look at your cell phone and see the name that I sent you. Don't say it out loud though. 
So just look at the name. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what I said too. No. Yes. Yes. And what? what? Just, the NGOs. That is anything because it's going to be filed later. Like so people, that is so bad. That that website is so bad, Tori. It is so stop. full of scammers. Stop. Oh, stop. No. Stop. stop. Oh no. Stop. And that's what I'm saying. So when people see that, right? Because I have screenshots of the actual fucking program with that name on it. I kid you not. Uh, you know, people are going to freak out because they're going to be like, no, stop. There's no way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical of this. Right. I don't that's know. I told you that, have I? And I'm going to, oh, I'm going to sneak up on, hold on. Just guys, just watch Millie's reaction. Cause you're probably going to react the same way when you see this. But um, let me let me pull up the screenshot of the actual thing so you can see it. Um, why yourself. don't you want to say it? Like, why? why because can't I don't want it? people to see it yet. Why? Because um, I don't want things to disappear, Millie. So I'm okay. going to send it to both of you. Uh, I'm just going to take a picture here. Let's oh, see. That's so oh. bad. I know. I know. Hold on. I'm taking pictures and I'm sending. Well, it none of these websites are very secure out there. And we definitely know that the social media sites are harvesting everyone's data, selling it. Even if you have the various social media companies and apps on your phones, they're collecting data from your phone. Like ever notice you're talking about, you know, something could be chocolate, could be, you know, I don't know. Anything. Something, right. right? Yep. And then next thing you know, it's in your feed. Correct. And hold on. I hope you guys are getting these texts. That's because they're picking up your, they're actually transcribed. The algorithm algorithms are transcribing your audio and then they're feeding ads to you based on that. I mean, it's pretty bad. They're spying on us all through these smart devices. Hence why we're doing QUX, by the way. Yeah. So Hence now why QUX. Screenshots of their okay. actual cybersecurity kit close-ups and you see how you said you know one company and then ngos so they both are on the same page and you're just like you're thinking there's no way and this is exactly it like you can zoom in and it says security for elections look at it I, I took a picture of the corner on the right like i have the whole thing i have the whole thing i haven't shared that with anyone because i don't trust it um to have uh shared it with us i mean i've i've worked with people that are supposed to be helping with election integrity and right. anything said and anything i've said to them they've dismissed or anything because they're like well we need more evidence and i'm like look you're doing it wrong we need to look at these certifications and we need to look out the structure the infrastructure is and you know instead they tell me how important they are and how smart they are but i actually have the receipts did you see that Millie? yeah i did it's crazy isn't it yeah it's freaking crazy and guess what that's from the state of ohio really yeah so hmm. i have to file it i have to file it in, in regular court so that way it's evidence right and then i can talk about it because i would have loved to talk about it on my show but i can't and you know who actually discovered the active program my campaign i had been looking for the damn deployment of the program for so long in my campaign i think it was one of i have two members on my campaign one of them has one eye and the other one has no eyes right they're but they're awesome patriots i know and they're so good at finding things i mean i i'm telling you and as secretary of state i'm going to improve cyber uh programs for uh you know people with um disabilities because uh, he's he's blind and he sees more than us i mean i was right. looking for this program so that i can i only had pictures that that I had gotten accidentally, of course, right? <laughs> Allegedly, uh, but I didn't have the live one and I did, and I do now. And I was just like, this is insane, insane. Um, so, uh, you know, the people need to understand that everything the media is telling us and politicians is, is usually rubbish and it's all pretentious and we all must, you know, toe the line. Uh, there's so many times that we were told, we can't just go say that um but i think uh you know that's are you still looking at that 
Yeah, I'm looking at that. What does Gavin think? Because I know I sent him that. I don't know. He's not down here right oh now. Oh my gosh, he totally freaked out. Like he, you guys cannot share that with anybody. Okay. You cannot share that. Like the, the 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 NGO is at the top corner that I kept zooming in that you see the name and the you know. Right. How crazy is that? That's just, the owner of that company that I sent you. You're like, yeah. what? That's bootleg. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's, I don't know. I mean, are we living in idiocracy that the world we're living in right now? Sometimes I, I wonder. See, that's you know? the thing. And, and the problem is, is that we don't have transparency. So people aren't aware of this, you know, I, like how would they, like, I don't think anybody would be like, yeah, I'm going to log in with my Twitter to vote. Right. Well, I'm, I'm definitely excited for you, Tori. Um, Me too. I, I hope that you know, people to go and check out your campaign and your, your groups and your movements and what you're doing over there. Cause you know, we, the bottom line is we just need more Americans that, that are not career politicians, Americans that just want to do the right thing for their country. It's time to step up. It's time to become politically active. And usually those are the people who don't really even want to do it, but they need to do it. And we need you guys to do it. And these groups here, um, your groups, Tori, you guys are running all kinds of other people in the Ohio area. Like I've talked to some other people and your groups and they've got, you know, people running for school boards and other things. So they're all kind of working together or trying to get people to take back the control switches of, of their own government away from the career politicians and these big corporations and the lobbyists and so on, so on and so forth. So check out Tori, check out our group. Thank you so yeah, much there's Tori, tons for of joining groups. me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. There's thank tons you for of joining us. Across nation. Thank you so much for having me. God bless everyone. Oh, oh, Gavin said, what? don't forget to mention our sponsor, Brondo. Brondo? Because it has electrolytes, right? Brondo? It's a joke, you know, idiocracy. Oh, oh my gosh. Gavin, did you see the text of the company that runs our security? Don't say the company's name. Yeah, don't say it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Um, for for palin along with us on this live stream i want to kind of sign off here before the storm comes through because yeah it's coming through. coming through and yeah. uh it might just take out the power anyway but all right thank you guys okay. god Thanks, bless yep, thank bye -bye. you bye